All right, welcome in, folks, to the Can We Kick It podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike, along with Chuck here. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, Chuck? Not much, man. How's that bubbly? Oh, it's delicious. How's that monster going for you? It's, it's like, kind of, like, bubbling out my stomach and ripping, you know, up my intestines, but it's tasty. Yeah, you end it with bottle caps on top. That should be a nice combo. Yeah, I'm going to be feeling great later. Yeah, fizzing all day. <laughs> I need to get some pop rocks and throw them in there too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I'm like Roman. I'm so I'm a child. That's right. Yeah. Never emotionally evolved past the age of ten. Yeah, I mean he's post grieved, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, he's yeah he's post grieved now. He never. He, yeah. His pre grieved didn't go so well. I I am pre grieving uh, tonight, having no succession. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. This will. Thanks. Now I'm going to go into a depressive state for the rest of the show. Stay away from no the water. for wave. No succession. No Barry. I guess I could watch Idol. Yeah, holding out on that one. <laughs> for the Idol. <laughs> yeah. That'd give you time to get caught up on Silo and uh, Jury Duty, yeah. which is hilarious. There's some new things coming. Yeah. 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 We talked about some of it last week, right? Rice's Gemstones coming out. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, Blanca's like, what are you going to talk about now? I'm like, well, we got to wrap up Barry. we got to wrap up Lasso, Silo, and then figure something out. Yeah, just <laughs> wait for something to come on. <laughs> yeah, but some good stuff coming. But Yeah, for sure. Today so, we're going to do Ted Lasso and Barry. Yeah, both series finales. Ted Lasso, really Maybe. sure it's a series finale. Yeah, but at least in the current form that it is. Um, so let's talk Ted Lasso first, right? So this was the series finale, it's season three finale, um, potentially series finale, episode twelve. Um, pretty, uh, pretty long season, I guess. Yeah, it was the first? Was it? Each season, 12 episodes. Except for the first. The first was 10. First was 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I really liked how... So, and we'll, we'll give a little recap, but I really liked how it kind of mirrored, reverse mirrored the end of the first season. You know, when they were relegated, they had that glimmer of hope they were staying up. And then Jamie Tart scored for Man City at the last minute to relegate them. And then this time they score in the last, you know, an extra time. And it has all four of them looking at the field and you're like, Oh shit, it's going to happen. Like they're going to go down and tie it up <laughs> and then they're going to yeah. look, but then they don't, they win. But then you see like in real life, man City's going to win the premier league anyway, which they did. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so I think that was, and I'm glad they brought the Champions League thing into it because it reminded me of just like, you know, I mean, the goal of most Premier League teams is to get in the top four, top six, so they can get the Champions League or UEFA or the uh, Europa League. Yeah, the Europa, Europa League. You know, yeah. So top six, you know, you get the extra games, extra revenue. That's like a hugely important thing. So, And they touch on that in the episode about Oh, we qualified the Champions League. Now our value is up, and we're going to get, you know, 
we can sell part of the team and raise more money for players and blah blah blah. So yeah, yeah, it's the ultimate goal, right? More games, more <laughs> money. Yeah, yeah. So I think with the finale in particular, it was interesting. So I didn't even think about this through all three seasons, but for apparently fans on Twitter were shipping Rebecca and Ted. That was a big and, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And as I loved how at the beginning of the episode, they were like, Ted's like wakes up at her house and <laughs> are we going to talk like, about last night? Yeah. And then they're like, like, and then it's kind of like Ed Beard and his girlfriend are there too. And it's kind of like a, Hey, get your theory, but this is not what it's, or we get yeah. what you want, but this is not what it's about. Yeah. This ain't that kind of love show. Yeah. 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 I never, I never felt that. I never felt any romantic connection with them throughout the whole show. So I don't, it was a stretch for sure. I mean, I had seen this stuff on Twitter and Instagram and it was definitely like the odds on that plus 2000. I mean, there's just no way that they were going to ship that after everything like Rebecca went through and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's how much you see Ted is still in love with his ex-wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I have questions about that at the end for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you talked about the episode open, right? With they're at so the uh, the penultimate episode ended with Ted telling Rebecca basically like I have something that's groundbreaking that I have to tell you, like she used to, and then it opens up right this episode with them at Rebecca's house. Ted comes down, makes you think they like slept together, hooked up, whatever. Yeah, and then like Beard comes down, and then his girlfriend and Beard is in like a fucking banana sling, which is hilarious. That's classic, yeah, yeah. And um, they don't want to talk about it. Apparently, like, Ted and Beard's place are being fumigated. Um, and then the maid walks in. And she's like, oh, I'm going to start in the guest bedroom. And, and uh, hey. Beard and his girlfriend are like, oh, no, there's shit. Hey, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hilarious cold open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. good. They, they, they caught on to people really trying to ship the, the Ted, Rebecca stuff. And were like, ah, not so fast. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get... You see Nate's back as the assistant to the kit, kit man, which was a good ode to the office. I love yes. that they said so he said assistant too. Um, and we I, we can talk about Nate in a little bit because there's a whole interesting thing there. But um, I love like the – so I was telling Blanca this because I love the court um, part in the locker room. Oh, amazing. With, yeah, so – we did this in college as well, like, and as part of professional teams. So we didn't have money, monetary fines because we were poor. But, like, so we would have a court at the, like, once a week during practice, like, as we're warming up and stretching. And so someone could call somebody out and then accuse them of something. And a lot of, most of the time, it was someone being late to practice or doing something, whatever. And so, my senior year, I was captain, and so we got to hand out the punishments. And one of our favorite thing was called the gauntlet, mm. and where we had like thirty or forty people in the soccer program. So if someone was late to practice, and we gave them the gauntlet, you'd line up with two rows, like ten feet apart from each other, and everybody had a ball, and the person would have to <laughs> run through, and you just everybody just kicked the shit out of the ball and try to hit. Usually, half the time you'd hit you know, the other people on the other side. But, like, I I just remember when there was this kid, Justin Shaw, in our program, 
and like tall and like long hair. And like one time we're doing, he's around the gauntlet for being late to practice or something. And I think I hit him with a ball here. His head went this way and someone on the other side, the ball goes in his head, just snapped back. <laughs> I can still see that in my head in slow motion. It's like, that is amazing. But you can't do that shit now. But oh, like, no. But it was just, it was, that was such a real moment in the show for me because I'm like, this was part of the thing. Someone was late or you'd assign them, you know, you'd have a court session every week and, you know, the captains would keep track or someone would keep track and bring up about that. And they would have to, you know, run a mile or do some kind of punishment. So that was fun. I really liked that. I just love the McAdoo and, uh, you know, dressed like how he was and stuff like that. But oh, um, dude, yeah, wearing the powdered wig and everything, like, like everything he did, like that was center, center room in the locker room. Yeah, just was yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. The Christmas thing, the Santa Claus thing. I mean, like, yeah, Hit cutting hair, like, and then yeah, yeah. And now he's the judge. It was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because he does a he's like a really great job as like the captain role, but as far as looking like a footballer in the show, like out on the pitch is like the least looking footballer. <laughs> like Jamie Tart and Danny, I mean, Danny Roas, like the actor was a professional football player. Yeah. And Jamie Tart looks like Jack Grealish on Man City is a little, little chunkier, but like rest of the team looks like footballers with McAdoo. Like it's just, <laughs> he's too boxy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so but yeah, I, I really like he does a really good job in the show overall, and he, he's just funny and his character is great. <laughs> but yep. um, yeah, and then they have um, Kiwi comes in. Jamie, you know, Roy sees Jamie like he's getting her to go to Brazil for his Nike photo shoot, and uh huh, yeah, sure. Roy, yeah. Roy, yeah, yeah, Roy sees it, and you know, then they Roy invites him for a beer they're both in love with her and leads to them fighting and then going to their house to let her choose which one. <laughs> a couple of schmucks. I, and it's interesting because I think, you know, there's some debate about in this season, the lack of explanation of things that I was reading about online, like a lot of stuff with Nate. And then, but I think this was well done in particular here because I don't want to, hear her reasoning why they're both idiots we both know we the audience knows two guys going to the house saying you know you can choose one of us is like the dumbest thing in the world and they yeah. recognize it right afterwards you're both like, gonna oh, lose like we all know yeah. how this fucking works yeah yeah even if she likes one of you she's not gonna you know do that but yeah. um so that was kind of i'm glad it kind of worked out that way because I, I i don't know i like Roy and Jamie's friendship more than I do either one of them with Kiwi, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they've become friends where it's like, now you put a relationship, you know, between the two yeah. of them, it's not going to work out. So, I think that's the way they wanted it to go, was like, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, bros before hoes. Yeah. Yeah, what? and they both, they both hoed down with her already so yeah you know. i did like the, the callback to season one episode one where she walks into the locker room and she's like covering her eyes and he's like everybody decent yeah. and she, she's yeah. like oh one day like yeah really good callbacks yeah yeah 
Yeah, a lot of good little callbacks. A lot of good parallels versus uh, the first season. <clears throat> yep. Um, yeah, and we see like a, uh, so we finally see the table right for the league, and man's uh, yes. Man City's up, and Richmond are in second place. Hilariously ridiculous, in my opinion, but. Uh, we finally got a reveal that they're in second place, and they're like what one point behind Man City. Yeah, so and West Ham is in fifth, trying yeah. to fight for a Champions League spot. Yeah, yeah they they have to win, and Man City has to, I think, pretty much lose. I don't remember seeing the goal differential, but like if yeah. Man, well, no, they're one point behind. So if Man City tie or lose, tie. they're done. Like, yeah, no, so the. the uh, Richmond wins and Man City loses their tie. Richmond would jump them, right? So, Man City, what they win? We just saw in the show they go up one nothing, and we never hear anything about it to the end. So we find yeah. out what happens. But I do like how uh, they like portrayed that. Like everybody's phone went off in the stadium. I've been in college football games where that happens, and the whole place goes nuts. No, I'll give you. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And I, I was watching um, the Bundesliga last. Sunday or Saturday and Dortmund was down two nothing. Dortmund was leading the league and Byron was second and they were down to nothing. Byron was winning, winning. And then whoever they were playing scored FC Kuhn, Cologne yeah. and made a one, one and the whole stadium is going nuts. And cause if Byron tied, they Dortmund would still win the league. But then and scored, made it 2-1, then they made it 2-2. Byron scored, like, in the 90th minute, and you just see the fans, like, <laughs> you know. I mean, it just shows, it is, that's the most amazing thing in the highs and lows of sports, right? So, Like, in this day of instant information, to get, like, yeah. updates on what's actually happening is something, like, yeah. could you imagine, like, 30, 40 years ago being at a game and being on the brink of winning and be like, Oh, I got to wait till I like get out of here to hear it. Like at the pub or something yeah. like that. Well, you know, I mean, I think like Olympic when they had Olympics in other countries, you wouldn't even hear back till like days later. Sometimes. Oh yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I mean, it's, we have information at our fingertips. It's great. Yep. Um, yeah. So they, we don't, we don't see, I mean, we kick, kind of get straight. Well, we get <clears throat> we get the whole Rupert. Rupert's been accused of sexual misconduct with yeah. um, secretary and his wife is, is getting divorced. Yeah. yeah, and uh, two backs down. Um, we have that storyline, and then Rebecca uh, Leslie is. Um, Telling him about um, that he can sell half, or she can sell half the team, forty nine percent, bringing money because they've qualified Champions League. Um, and then Trent Crin is giving Head and Beard copies of his book called yeah. "The Lasso Way." Yeah, and I love that. Like Beard is just, just like going through marking everything, derivative. Uh, <laughs> Trent's like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I really like Trent, Trent Krim, and I'm glad. I'm kind of, well, 
it's another we can talk character by character at the end because I got some thoughts on each character and how yep. it shakes out. But um you know we get we get to the game and Rupert's there. The new coach of West Ham after Nate left is Richmond's old coach. Yeah. Nut Ballsy Nut- McHangan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, Rupert looking all of like the Emperor from Star Wars with his leather trench coat and all this shit. Like, it's, it's yeah. This is it's funny how Nate and Rupert became these super villains. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Nate. We'll go into this more because I have thoughts on it. Nate just comes back in with no repercussions, but Rupert is still like. Even, I'm sure they did this on purpose because Sudeikis is like my age or a little older, and it's like he's—it's just Darth Vader walking. Like you don't even yeah. the the way the um, the trench coat is hanging is like Darth Vader's cape moving through the air. Like I don't even see his feet. Like it's just—it's very Star Warsian. Maybe Rupert thinks he's like the one, and maybe he's just going full Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> he looks like Neo as well. Yeah. Just did old Neo, like, oh dude, I think I don't think you think you're the hero of this. Yeah. So I mean it's like, you know, Rupert's in the box, West Ham score first. Well, before the game. Yeah. When Rupert's they, like holding never... court with everybody, he's like, Oh, good to see everybody. And it's like Dude, you are like on the fringe of your your own social group. Like, fuck you. Well, it's, it's the people that are so unself-aware because they still people. You know, he still has people hanging on to him, right? Yeah. And then it's kind of like the politicians that accuse one side of all being pedophiles, and then they get arrested for being a pedophile, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. they're just they're. It, it's like so obtuse to what actually is going on, and yeah. that's kind of what he's doing. And then in the locker room. Beard is playing like a a scrapbook of memories right before the kickoff to get them like inspired. Oh, yeah. It gets them crying, you know. <laughs> it was great commentary. They're crying during the, the player introduction. Yeah. And like Arlo White and Chris, whatever the other guy are like, uh interesting. I've never seen anybody have you ever cried during I've cried during the match and after the match. I've also vomited. <laughs> yeah, never pregame though. Yeah. 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 yeah Do you mind if I they... weep right now? Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if I vomit? Um. Yeah, we do get a moment before the match, like Nate apologizes to Ted. Yeah. I think after the players went out or whatever, but like he's he's like trying to apologize, and Ted's like, "It's okay," and they like look at the believe sign and all that shit, and it's yeah. not there, and. There's no consequences for Nate. Oh no, he lost his Wonder Kid job. Oh, he has a girlfriend now and an Aston Martin. Fuck you. Like, well, I'm sure Rupert repoed that after uh, uh, he quit. So you're probably um, right with that. Yeah. But yeah, then they start the game. I like a lot of football in there, even if it's dorky looking a lot of the time. But yeah, um, I like the top down view that they brought. Yeah, yeah. I get that it was animated to some degree, but I like yeah, it. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool take that they hadn't done before. Yeah. Yeah, and I really think like the it got a little better throughout the season and like like Danny Rojas's movement and some of Jamie Tart's movement is very like 
like almost football player looking or natural looking. Some of the other watching McAdoo, you know, storm up and down the pitch is goofy looking. But um, it was, um, you know, they get, they they have some of the attack. They West Ham scores, they end up score a second one before half. And so it's 2 0. And then they have this in the locker room. They all have pieces of the belief on like, you know, McAdoo has it in his captain band. Jamie has, has it behind so, his uh, Nigerian team yeah. photo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jamie Colin had it in the book that Ted gave him. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, there's those things that I love about the show like that, like the inspirational. And that's kind of like when we were talking during succession, like the three finales that we watched this week, they're three different types of shows. Like a tragedy, a feel good, and like an extremely dark, dark comedy. <laughs> so yeah, like pretty much. <laughs> and they all end like their genre of the show. So they're not trying to do anything different with kind of their finale. Like yeah. they just lasso just kind of yada yada's over some things or doesn't go into some depth that they did in the first two yeah. seasons. But <clears throat> but they were trying to try to jam it so much. But I thought that was a good moment. They all pull out the little pieces and like tape it back together and like much more inspiring for them going out in the second half um versus crying uh yeah. <laughs> in the first. And then they actually thought it was kind of funny that they hit the post like seven times before Jamie puts one yeah uh, in the upper back upper upper ninety. Yeah, and um, so that was that was fun, and then they get the penalty kick, um, which they didn't even go to VAR. Like, I mean, in no. life they would go to VAR and see the. I mean, there's yeah, the only person who like knows it's offsides is Ted for once. He's like, well, no, but before that, offsides the PK to make it two to two, where McAdoo scores the PK. Yeah, you're right, and. Where Jamie Tart goes down with like slight contact, but that happens oh, in yeah. all the time. Yeah, and then he gives the ball to Rojas, and Rojas gives it to McAdoo. In what world? And when there's no story, like we don't. Yeah, it'd be different if during the whole thing, the whole show, we would be like McAdoo's dreamed of taking a penalty, like you know, his whole life to win the match and, or whatever. Yeah, or like there's been some reasoning why they gave it to him, or like. He's like in practice, they saw him like, you know, putting holes through the net. There, there's no, in no reality would that happen. No. Unless there was a story behind it. Yeah. It's his last so, like, game. Let him have the shot. Like something. But like, oh, hey, Jamie's not going to do it. He's going to give it to Danny. Two of, the, two of your best like goal scorers. Yeah. And you're going to give it to somebody who's never kicked a PK in his life. Well, and they didn't even say, like, McAdoo's never scored a goal, but they said McAdoo's never taken a PK. Yeah. So, okay, well, the majority majority of Premier League players have never taken a no. pre-K in a 90-minute, like, match because on most teams you have, like, one or two players that yeah, are going to take that. Now, if you go yeah. into a PK situation, you're going to have five, and then you'll go with your, you know, from there if you keep tying, but... I mean, there would be no way it wouldn't have been Jamie or Danny. And the coach would have that determined 
before the game. Now, if if there's backstory and you know like he had never scored a goal and he was retiring and Manchester City were up six nothing, you know, and yeah. there was no way for them to win Take away. first, <laughs> yeah. then it's a different story, but we don't it kind of doesn't explain it. No. It was hilarious that he kicked it through the net and then he bloodied that guy's nose who I was like, why are they showing this guy being an asshole at the ticket counter? And then, like, who is this guy? And then it's like, oh, okay, that's the guy who got hit in the nose. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. When they were, yeah, yeah. So, was there any any more backstory to that? Because that we saw him right at the ticket counter when Colin's um, boyfriend like goes to get his yeah, ticket. Yeah. Is that is that not the guy that Rebecca went out with? And and Roy was like don't settle for okay like or he's great or i whatever. think so i think that i think that and he kind of turned sense. out to be an asshole <laughs> i think yeah i didn't i didn't even notice that but i i think that makes sense too yeah yeah uh there were some weird callbacks on this episode yeah um well it, and then it, at the penalty the the guy had the greyhound with the helmet on by the net again <laughs> like <laughs> like that was a dan that was a danny rojas thing that wasn't that wasn't captain like yeah well, that was would, funny though. Like that, I yeah. was like, that was pretty clever because, like, like a, there'd be no way that they would have the dog anywhere near yeah. the goal. <laughs> yeah, it so. would have made more sense had they had like Colin take the shot, right? Or Danny with the with the dog standing with by the, the dog. goal. Yeah, it's like Colin with like, oh, he wants to kiss his boyfriend after like they win this thing or whatever. And like, there's more story there than there is for Isaac. I just, I didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. All right. And then, yeah. And then West Ham score or West Ham scores, but he's offsides. And Ted finally figured out the offsides rule. I still don't know how that was offsides or what, like, the whole play from from a football fan perspective with Zoro coming out as far in the box as, as he did yeah. when there was Richmond players there that would never there was no like it wasn't like a one on one and he's coming out. There was like players all around. It was a very odd Well odd that thing. was my thing is like he came out. And it was like, holy shit, is he out of, like, the goalkeeper box where, like, if he touches it, it's a PK? Yeah, yeah. I was, was like, He would be red card oh and it would, be a, it would be a free kick. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if he knew he could get there, he may come out and try to head it. But there was other Richmond defenders back there. But offsides is funny when a goalkeeper's ahead of the yeah. player. So you yeah. still have to have one player back. So, but it still never showed, like, I would like it to have shown, like, how they in prem games with the VR line and show what exactly we're seeing as offsides. But yep. there was another callback to like where Ted never knew what offsides is. And now he's laughing saying number 14 was offsides. Yeah. He's the he's only like, one that sees it. Yeah. 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 So, and then they yeah. have a free kick. Yeah. I don't know. Also how they fouled the, um, or whatever the guy uh, was dribbling the ball at the end where they got a free kick for Richmond. Like, he just grabs him and, like, kind of throws him, and he's really not in any threat. Um, no. from, from It was a very odd foul. 
from yep. a soccer perspective. But anyway, and then they turn like, "What player are we gonna run?" And Ted's like, "Nate, come here." Yeah, like, they're like, "What the, 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 the lasso special?" And it's like, yeah. "Oh God, don't run the football play again for the the American football play again for the love of God that you ran in first season, Jesus Christ." Yeah, but they rely on Nate, who like they just take back without any any explanation against his old team, you know, it could, I mean, it works and they score, which, I mean, they should have Collins score because they really didn't use Sam much this season, except for the like political angle with the Nigerian refugees and the restaurant piece. Had to to give him Um, something since he and Rebecca ain't winding up together. But I mean, it almost makes sense for Colin to score. Yeah. Because then he ends up, you know, kissing his wife like on the field. Yeah. Um, and really, I don't think he scored all season except no. for the only scoring he did on the field was that kiss um, yeah. after the game. Yeah, that's right. I, I did like, however, when they did the, the call for Nate's play, they were like, the Oscar goes to, he like handed him a little like statue. And then Ted was like, give me that. And he was like, he yeah. like threw it over his shoulder, like what the fuck? like so great at that shit. But and then it, it's, well, it was a callback to like even like the Jamie. commercial that they did where he's like yelling, he's like, "Give me the ball! I want the ball! I want the ball!" Like yeah, it was really yeah, good. yeah, that was good. And Jamie, yeah, I mean, it was good. They were over marking. We didn't talk about too Rupert coming down the field. Oh yeah, and pushing the coach um, after the penalty. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure he's not going to be able to get on the pitch. Yeah. There's no, there's no possibility he would have made it past no. security onto the pitch, yeah. Um, through the tunnel, and the assistant referee would have, they would have got, they would have immediately broken there. that up, yeah. And they would have, they would have given him a red card, yeah. And he'd be permanently banned from the FA. I mean, he's gonna have to sell his team anyway, so yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, just it was interesting, but I think mean, I see. Yeah. As soon as he's like. Took a step on the pitch. I was like, there's no way they'd let him out of the tunnel, dude. There's no way. They don't even yeah. let, like, managers text, like, or <laughs> owners text managers during games. Like, yeah. in any sport. So, like, what would what would make you think he's going to get on the pitch? I get it. It's all to make Rupert the ass. Like, now everybody sees yeah. the asshole that he really is. Everybody's calling him wanker. It's vindication. I get it. But, realistically, not going to happen. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of like, hey, Nate. Nate is it's a Barry it's a Barry Berkman syndrome, you know. Fuchs, uh, the or uh, Cousineau controlled Barry and forced him right. to do this. And it's like, oh, Rupert mind controlled Nate as Darth Vader to make him become an asshole, and now yeah. like, oh, he's not under a spell. He's nice Nate again, you know. Right. But but yeah, they it's weird that the way they celebrate. And I mean, I get it for the effect of the show, but like, if that's real life, they would know that because all the games play at the same time. So if there was still going on, Man City was still winning one nothing. After the game, they would they would probably put it up on the screen, like yeah. in the stadium, so they can in the fans they can all see what happens. Then that way, if the other team tied them up, then they could go crazy afterwards. But yeah, um, you know. It almost seemed the way they made him celebrate. It seemed like, oh, Man City must have lost, and then yeah, yeah. just for them to pull the rug out from under you. That was the whole purpose. Yeah, and I, I yeah. get like you know the the fans storm the field. I mean, we're used to that in America, 
Yeah. Um, but you know, I we saw it recently with Rexam. You know, they got promoted. Their fans stormed the field. Cool shit like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, they wound up still coming in second place. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's Champions League spot, which is good. Yeah. Um, especially when Man City wins in real life every year, so it's it's realistic. Yeah. Um, and then we we see Ted at the airport, apparently on the imaginary. Could this all be a dream sequence since there's no direct flights from London to Kansas City? For sure. I lo- I looked. I researched this the <laughs> other day because I'm sitting there and it's like, uh, now boarding a uh, flight to Kansas City. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so there's a London to Kansas City? Uh, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Now boarding Emirates <laughs> flight 373, direct flight to Kansas City. It's like never in the world would that happen yeah no and listeners i went and looked and there's zero direct flights to kansas city out of london so unless it's only after the premier league season ends maybe i missed the timing but maybe and we take ted going back home uh rebecca comes to the airport and rebecca and them had a talk rebecca was trying to stop him earlier like they met in the stands and she's saying goodbye and she bought a first-class ticket to Force of Habit. <laughs> guess yeah, that was pretty funny. I mean, there's Just still there's goodbye. a lot of good got a lot of good funny moments. It's Ted Lasso. Yeah, it's heartwarming sure. and funny. Um, he gets on the plane and Rebecca leaves the airport. And we see her run into the Amsterdam guy, which was a good callback. The daughter comes running and falls, and she goes up, and there he is as a pilot. And um, you know, I think it's. It harkens back to like the what you call it the psychic mm, yeah. because she wants kids and in this the beginning of the season she's talking about like seeing if she get pregnant and all that kind of stuff right so um but and then Ted goes home and you see Henry's waiting for him and they open the door and Michelle is standing to the side of the door and there's no one else in there so is she. Did Dr. Loser, who was... Talking mad shit during the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, first of all, you didn't fly Henry out to watch the match. And second of all, like, your ex-wife's new boyfriend, who was your counselor, is like, oh, at least we'll get to see something happen. It's just talking mad shit. It's like, she's going to break up with him over a conversation? Come on. (laughs) Over Uh, over some American jeering at football? Well... If Ted Lasso is getting paid a lot of money as a premier league coach, right? And this is the most important game of the year. And it's probably mid-May, mid to late May. And the kid's got to be towards the end of school. Like, just fly them out there. Ted's mom came the week before. Send the kid with the mom. Yeah. The mom goes out there to tell him, like, Henry misses you. Fucking bring Henry with you. Finish the school virtually for the rest of the year. Yep. And we see, we see at the end, Henry needs some help on finishing. So maybe he could have trained with uh, Richmond's, like, U10 team. Yeah. You know. So. Um, yeah. So, yeah, maybe his ex-wife breaks up with her boyfriend and there's a chance... I don't like it. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I did like that they brought back Sassy Smurf 
um Rebecca's friend and she just was like mm-hmm. talking mad shit to Rupert so good love her for that um yeah Rebecca sees her houseboat guy from Amsterdam oh yeah Beard is gonna go back with Ted and he like <laughs> fakes like an appendix like rupture like throws water on his face and he's like starting screaming and shit it's so funny leads to one of the best lines of the series it's like do you need your suitcase? It's just full of rice. Yeah, it's <laughs> just rice. I've been a week. I've been awake for three days, Ted. <laughs> Great, weird beard is the best. So good. Yeah, and the Ted, like he's faking the appendix, and Ted's like other side, and he's like, oh, like because he's <laughs> yeah, the, the flight attendant. The only part of the whole series where someone's like, what an asshole, because like, you wouldn't go with your friend. He's like, no, nah, I'm all right. It's like, nah. asshole. <laughs> yeah, that was so great. Yeah, and what, he lands, right, and he's, or he's at the airport or whatever, and then he bumps into that kid to take an Aussie, which is a callback yeah. to season one. Also yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like, you're not staying. Like, in the beginning, he's like, you're mental, like, for trying this, and now he's like, yeah. Oh, you're the greatest coach ever, you know, and that was funny. Yep. And then Rebecca winds up selling 49% to the fans yeah. instead of selling yeah. out, which I think what Leslie told her, she could get like 2 billion for it. Yeah. So And Kiwi, pro- Kiwi proposes a women's team. Yeah. Which nowadays I think all the Prem teams have women's teams. I think so. Yeah. Um, And then Beard, I don't know if this was a dream or not, but because Ted wakes up right after this, I think, but Beard gets married at Stonehenge and some yeah. mythical thing, but Ted's not there either. Like, yeah, like I, could, I was like looking at the, the crowd. I was like, is Ted in there? Like, yeah. Ted and like Ted and would come back for that wedding. It's, it's very yeah. odd, but, and who was the, or the chicks with Danny Ross? One look, I thought at first was like that one, like when they showed the brown haired one, I'm like, is that the girl who plays soccer in the mm. court in the town? And then they're like, Oh, there's a blonde girl. So I guess these are two random girls. That... Yeah. It's just Danny. Yeah. Football is life. Guys, guys living, yeah. loving. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then and we then, see yeah, uh, the, the bald guy with the beard, with the baby and the chick. Did you pick up who that was? Beard's night out. It was the chick who stole her lover's pants, and that was the guy who chased him. I had to look it up. I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Yeah, it's Beard's night out. Yeah, yeah, and that could literally be Ted could be dreaming that on his flight because I yeah. think after that he kind of wakes up with turbulence on the plane. <laughs> and then I think the last part, right? We see Ted um, coaching Henry. Michelle's in the stands. No boyfriend again. Um, he Henry misses and he calls him over and says, "Be a goldfish," and then it ends right. Class, yep. Oh yeah, and we yeah we saw like uh, we skipped over Roy is named the head coach mm, of yeah. Richmond instead of Nate. <laughs> you got the one kid is, as a steal, yeah. Nate's the assistant uh, with um, beard. Yep. So. And yeah, Roy's going to see in Dr. Sharon, the the team, now the team psychologist or whatever officially. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of callbacks as she was in the episode cheering for them as well during the game. Yep. From her bed, wearing uh, what looked like a Dallas Cowboys t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> stuff on it. She would be. <laughs> uh Sam ends up playing for Nigeria finally. Yeah. I guess Obasanya or uh, the uh the billionaire guy doesn't give a shit anymore. Uh, yeah, all of a sudden he just forgets that he hates uh Sam. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rebecca uh, had murdered or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Jamie's making amends with his dad, who's in rehab. Cool scene there. Mm-hmm. Um, the women's team uh, proposed by Keeley. Uh, oh yeah, Ted leaves notes for Trent uh, along with Beard, who has got like post-it notes all along the edge of the yeah. like, manuscript. And uh, Ted wants him to change it to the Richmond way instead of the Lasso way. Yeah, it's really great because he said it was never about. It was never about me, right? Yeah. So I think, and then he does have the book signing, and it says the Richmond way on the book. So yeah. he changes yeah. it. Um, so that's a good lead in to like, we kind of get a glimpse of what happens next. So if there's, if there was a season four, if there is a season four, how would you want episode one to open up? Where would these characters be? That's tough. Or pick they've one, lost, once they, they've lost their spark, right? Obviously, they have the they have the down a downtime, right? And they're fighting for their way back in, and they somehow make the Champions League, right? Or they're in the Champions League. They somehow win the yeah. Champions League. Some crazy shit. We get to see some. I did like. I wish I want. I wanted to see more of. Uh, in the penultimate, when they beat Man City, you saw Pep. I wanted yeah. to see more <laughs> managers make cameos and stuff like that. You know me, big Jurgen Klopp fan. I'm sure he doesn't watch yeah. the shit, but uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be cool to see some some bigger cameos and stuff like that. Um, Roy is the coach. Uh, I don't know. I don't, where do you see these characters? Because like, I could take this a million ways. I think that's what's fun about it. You could take it a million ways, right? I mean, I think stylistically with the show... I think the way you said makes sense is if they're they're struggling. Um, Ted is back with Michelle and Henry, and um, Rebecca talks like when he's trying to talk Ted to get come back, he can get Michelle. She's like, I can get Michelle a job in London. Blah blah blah. And Henry can go to great school. So I think like in in reality, if they did a season four and Jason Sudeikis was back, it could be like. Mid-season, Richmond are struggling. Um, you know, they're already out of the Champions League. And they're, like, bottom... They're fighting for relegation. And But Ted and Michelle are together. And, Michelle, like, Rebecca gets Michelle transferred, and they come over, and Ted Lasso helps them stave off re- re- relegation, right? I mean, that would make sense. I would prefer, like, the goofiest of scenarios, right? I mean, I think... If they're gonna, I think if they do go on with the show, that Ted, that Sudeikis is going to be gone, and then the show is going to kind of tank because people yeah. like that. But um, to me, it'd be funny if Rebecca shows up to Ted and said, "I bought Sporting Kansas City, and I want you to coach the MLS team." Yeah. Um, and he does that, and so it's like split between continents, and then. AFC Richmond come over to play them in an exhibition game and oh yeah 
they beat them like 15 to nothing and just to prove how worthless uh, MLS is compared to... So, uh, yeah. Uh, I can't say that because Chelsea actually lost to like Orlando in, in like a... <laughs> Just like one of the summer tour matches last year. I mean, it's yeah. just garbage. But um, yeah, Ted is the manager for uh, Sporting Kansas City, and uh, Coach Beard's twin brother is his uh, is his assistant. It's just the same character. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking offline, so I'm going to bring the other theory: is that they start the women's team, and there comes a scandal, like like a few years in because all the, the original players are Rupert Manion's legitimate daughters yeah. that no one knew about. But Trent Krim goes back to like his investigative reporting and he finds all that out. Yeah. So and, at, and then he does a heel turn and starts working for Rupert and starts like, you know, outing people and talking trash behind yeah. Richmond's back. Um. Yeah, Sam scores an own goal for Nigeria and gets murdered by a Topo Cuckoo or whatever the guy's name is. <laughs> and she also kills Rebecca. She kills Rebecca it's like for like, saying, like, oh, you fucking, you fucked up, you're dead. Yeah. Holy shit, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, no, I, I read something on Twitter. Someone was like, flash forward to the World Cup in 2026. Uh, Ted Lasso is coaching the U.S. men's national team. And Jamie Tart steps up uh, to take the um, take like the World Cup winning penalty for England against the U.S. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there's some good stuff I saw on Twitter about it, but yeah. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, it would probably be just something basic, like somehow they convinced Ted to come back and they bring his son and his wife and. Now we introduce more characters, and now we're we're going through Michelle's work life, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I hope it doesn't come back. Yeah, at all. Just um, just let it lie. Yeah. <laughs> the only complaint I really about the series because if I just watch it for what it is, which is like an uplifting kind of positive show or a little bit study of like redemption and people working through their feelings and stuff like that. But because we don't understand how Nate comes, Nate's motivation. Well, we know his motivation is like his dad pushed him, was always pushing him. Um, or his perception of his dad was pushing him. He didn't know how to be a dad or whatever. And was, was just like pushing him to be perfect. We didn't know until this the last episode or second last episode of the third season that Nate was like a like genius violinist, you know. So there's I had a no great theory about that, but yeah, we knew we knew that his dad had some kind of effect, but through the, the three seasons, we had no idea anything else about Nate except for he's a kit man, right? Yeah, we knew Ted Lasso's dad died. We knew, you know, his mom was and we find out more about that this season too but we had sense his mom you know they never dealt with it and that kind of comes out but we don't know really we know roy's background he went to sunderland as a teenager we know jamie's background with his dad we know rebecca's with rupert and her mom so it's just we don't know much about nate and so he turns 
this big heel turn last there's stuff leading up to like he's feeling underappreciated like ted brought in roy assistant coach and then stopped like going to nate and then throughout the beginning of the season he's just jabbing ted like in press conferences and all this and then rupert like messing around on his wife or being that way to women finally triggered nate to have a turnaround it it doesn't make a ton of sense and they didn't dive deep enough into the to that turnaround but i understand why because we could add 17 episodes oh yeah (laughs) season and that's a part of like i think that's a part of also like the character of like ted lasso we saw that like he took beard in after he like stole what a pound of meth or whatever it was it was hilarious (laughs) and then stole ted's car but then like that's a part of ted lasso of being like giving people second chances regardless of what they do to him and yet ted has to grieve that shit right but i think it's ultimately like about redemption and and second chances regardless of what some people have done and then they show you whether or not they've actually changed and we beer changed because he's with ted this long and now Nate has supposedly changed because he's cool with being the assistant to the kit man of the traveling secretary. So I guess it works out, but us as humans and I guess as non-men Western people, we're like, fuck that. Nate's got to, Nate's got to like, he's got to rue the day. And it's like, nah, he understood. I get it. But yeah. And I guess uh, it was just so weird how they went. Like he left West Ham and then, the three guys show up at the restaurant like, hey, we all talked and we want you back. Like, yeah, just especially when their team is performing well and how superstitious they are and how superstitious athletes are. Yeah. You're not going to throw in. I mean, he ended up becoming the kit man or assistant kit man. So it wasn't like he became part of the coaching staff and all that again. But it was just it was just to me was like the one part of the story in the show where they kind of failed on. Um, Second and, of all, I mean, Nate's girlfriend wasn't in the stands at all that we saw. Like, I get that she's not into football and all that shit, but like it's his first game back. Like he's back with his team. They're on the yeah. it's a big game, big match. But I read something on Vulture that was like, if, if anybody wants to create the most boring and non consequential character in a TV show, they nailed it with uh, Nate's girlfriend. <laughs> it was something like that. It was just like, it was so true because she offered, like, the only thing we know is she was like from a certain part of Poland because Rupert picked that up from, yeah, like sexing all these Polish women, apparently, or whatever. Um, that's that's his that's his uh, his hoe of choice, yeah. Oh, god, I gotta find that. Uh, that vulture thing I was reading, it was wild, man. It was just like, um, am I the only yeah, one that were... thought that when Nate was playing the violin, they would just, it would, you would cut away from him playing and it would just be like notes, and then you'd see his dad coming home and he'd go upstairs and Nate would just be fucking hanging himself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I half expected that shit. I'm not lying. Like, I'm not saying he was going to yeah. die, but. <laughs> You're trying to go the Kendall route, like Succession. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, like I mean, it was just there was no, 
um, there was no like with her character, there was no motivation or like we don't know why she started to date Nate. Was it that like the supermodel left him on the date? Like, and she felt sorry for him? Like, I mean, I there's no beside him being a sad puppy, not a slime puppy, but a sad puppy. You know? Maybe she's just into Indian dudes. I don't know. It's very it was very interesting what I don't know. And there's a lot of his flaws, but overall it's a good show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, just let it be. Don't do a season four. Don't try to create something out of something that's not there. You you guys wrote it the way you did. Just let this yeah. show be over. Don't ruin something that was great, not bad, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Any other thoughts on Ted Lasso? Uh, one question for you. If anybody was to get a spinoff, mm. who would it be? <laughs> Ooh, I'll tell you my preference. It would be Coach Beard having a spinoff, but it's like he has his own travel show, and he just goes to different places in Europe and has, like, psychedelic experiences. That'd be amazing. And you just follow him around, like, yeah. you know, there i think the only other uh, I, I could maybe do a roy and jamie like buddy comedy or back to back or you do <laughs> <laughs> or you do like a, a do you you do a women's team like show you make nate the coach of the women's team and then every once in a while they run into Roy in the hall or, you know, but it's, it has to be kind of totally separate from the show. Like if they just, if it ends up being like, it's called we are Richmond or the Richmond way. And it's got everybody but Ted Lasso. It's kind of like, yeah. You know, what was I just thinking of? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a Roy Roy and Jamie uh, buddy cop comedy, uh, but basically it's the odd couple where Roy is just the angry asshole in the morning, and Jamie's like, "All right, I'm ready to," and he's just like ready to go. Yeah, he's like, "Jamie, did you drink all my fucking almond milk?" Oh. <laughs> Kaylee, Keely was over here last night. What did you do? <laughs> oh, you can spin yeah, three seasons off of that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw somebody saying a Trent Crim spinoff somehow. I don't know how they would do it, but I, that was in the top three that I saw. Really like I really, really like him. Evolution of the show, but just yeah. even as like he went from like a very good reporter to a hippie journalist, yeah, or hippie guy writing a book. Um, I think like you could always tell that he was probably gay, like in the first few seasons. Yeah. But then it was just like he totally changed his outfits. Yeah. You know, like it, it was, it was a little. I guess maybe it was more relaxed since it was embedded with the team. You know, writing about it like a do like documentary style, 
I mean, they do this. I mean, there was one for Man City. One, I mean, Arsenal. They've done this where they've had shows and stuff and, and hard knocks in the U.S. and yeah, for football. Money ball. So it's, it's, yeah. it's normal. But no, I mean, like document, document. Yeah, yeah, uh, documentary. Yeah, documentaries. Yeah. So I get it, but it was just. But I like hippie Trent and yeah, his like groovy style and like the shirts he would wear and yeah he went from professional journalist to hippie nomad like beat journalist which was great unemployed guy like writing a book yeah pretty much like someone who got laid off and is not working for a year and like i need to write oh i always wanted to write like i'm gonna work on the uh, the next great american novel yeah 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 no, that was that was my only thing. Is who would get a spinoff? But I I could see all of those really. Um, I hope they don't do it. Just great show. Just let it be. It won a bunch of Emmys. Move on to write something else. Yeah, develop something. I mean, Bill Lawrence is good at developing things, and yeah. I mean, I'd watch something that him or Brett Goldstein or Jason Sudeikis did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Barry time. Barry. Yeah, let's talk Barry. All right, so let's talk about Barry, right? So Barry, as every other show we've talked about this week, is the uh, series finale. This uh, crazy series, right? Very dark, very different from the other two shows that we've already talked about, right? Succession, tragedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ted Lasso, comedy. Uh, (laughs) Barry, dark comedy, tragedy. It's a mixture of all of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a tragedy too. I think that's a good point. Barry, what happens to Barry, right? But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think Barry was probably. No, if I want to say that my, I think it was probably second best to Succession, but it's probably my favorite. I and that's hard to say over Succession, um. The final season was perfect. Oh, it was amazing. I, 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 it was one of the most perfect seasons of TV, in my opinion. It was, especially, I mean, we've talked about this, I think, offline, but I wasn't, I had to kind of re, I gave up on the first season and then I had to go back and push through the first two seasons to get to season three. And uh, that, to me, it took off like, and I've talked to so many people that like, yeah, I watched a few episodes of Barry and never stayed with it. And so that's kind of how I was in the beginning. And then to how it ended to me was just, I mean, the final, the final, I mean, I think after the first season, it really picks up. I mean, it has to world build, right? I mean, it yeah. takes a while to world build in the first season, but uh, it's one of the almost rare shows where it seemed to get better every season. Like yeah. where we just talked about Ted Lasso, where it went down every season, like one, two, three was the best. And even like when we talked about Westworld, I think like one was the best and then maybe two, four and three or yeah, four, two and three. I think we were at somewhere in there. Yeah. Very rarely do you find that like, the best season is like, like four, three, two, one. You yeah. know, at, at least for for my for my 
experience, right? So, no, I agree. Like, what and do you I, think? I, I think the reason Barry has managed to stay good <laughs> is it's not recycling the same plot line. I mean, we, you know, succession, it's always like Ken trying to take down Logan. You know, the kids are always trying to dethrone their father. Great in its own right. I'm not knocking that. Ted Lasso seemed to lose focus and have a lot of fluff. And obviously yeah. Apple was like, we want more episodes, throw two extra in there, right? In, in the yeah. last two seasons. Barry stayed true to its course. Eight episode seasons for all, yeah. what, four seasons? All four. Um, not a lot of fluff. Pure comedy, dark, pretty dry. But that's where they focused on character development and story arc development and all of these things, right? And I think that's why this show, I think, I agree. I I love Succession. I got into Succession from the ground floor, watching it when it first came out and being blown away by it. And then <laughs> it's like House of Cards where after like season three, you're like, the fuck is going on again? Like, oh yeah, they're just screwing over his dad. And then you get back yeah. into it, right? But Barry didn't have that for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I think um, also Bill Hader, like, pretty much directed. I think all of season four. Yeah, um, and he wrote wrote all of season four with the biggest Duffy McBride, his writing partner. But like, yeah, I mean, he directed every episode, and very rarely in TV shows do you see that where someone directs. I mean, even in Succession, and Mark Mylod did a lot of them in the last season, but there's they usually, you know, Jesse Armstrong is the creator, but they have usually multiple directors and get different, you know, I mean, Game of Thrones was big for that, where it was like they had Miguel Sapochnik for like the big fighting scenes. They had, I think Mark Maiwa did some. They had Kerry Fukunawa, which did a lot of different, uh, does a lot of directing. But you have, you have so many different ones, but... um I think that was also the thing. I think Barry directed most of season three and all of season four. And I think that he was able to tell it in his style. And just even it was really good with three and four too, except for four, they stopped after episode five because of the writer strike. Yeah. But he was doing, Bill Hader was doing a podcast um, talking about each episode. So he talked about like the scene in this season where, the shooter, the assassin was in the ceiling shooting at the FBI and everything. And then with Fred Armisen's finger or hand getting blown up. Right. So like he talked about how they shot that and it was just like how they kick around the idea. And it's like, that would look cool or that would, that would be different. And it was yeah. just, but <clears throat> it was just, I don't know. It was so well done. I mean, the, the final is very simple and yeah, it's, you know, I think in the last episode, um, Noho Hank kidnapped Sally. And what's his name? Son's name, John. John. Yes. Yeah. He's kidnapped yeah, so, him and taking him to uh, Noho Ball. Yeah. It, but it's it's just the brilliance of Barry is just the subtleness of telling like a social commentary and idea without telling it, just showing you, right? Like Ted Lasso, it's like, they're cramming a social commentary down your throat, like an entire episode, you yeah. know? So like, okay, like Sam shut up and dribble and, um, Colin and Keely and Jack and like, which is all good. Like we talked about this before, but the, the first part of the season finale or the series finale, Barry, he walks into like a Kmart or something 
<laughs> and says guns or weapons. And they're like, he's walking through the store strapped with multiple weapons and no one, there's nobody turning ahead. Yeah. Like it's the commentary on society right now with all the laws in different states is like open carry. And you see someone with a gun and it's like, okay, this is America. And it was right. just like, no one, no one even looks, no one stares, no one tries to do anything. Yeah. Nobody thinks um, twice about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was brilliant. I'm like sitting there as that's happening. He goes to, and he's trying to get in the car with the, like, he doesn't take him off and put him in the car. He's just like, <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like standing up. I'm like, yeah, this is br-. like, it's just, it's, it's brilliant. I don't know how to explain so it. It's just, it's, it's funny. It's smart. Yeah. Um, the fact that he was able to direct the entire season, right. When, when yeah. the creator has the ability to direct it and drive his vision for it. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there's collaborative efforts as well, but it, it stays true to the message. I mean, I think that's a part of like, you remember Ozark, the best episodes of Ozark were when Jason Bateman directed it. Yeah, those were some of the best episodes. When you keep that creative genius in house, yeah. it really helps drive the narrative. So, a lot of shows these days are doing multiple directors and things like that. I get it, but that's where some of it kind of goes off the rails. Uh, but that's yeah. how Barry has managed to stay on track. Yeah, and if you really like that style of storytelling, and they do it kind of the same way, where they pick up different styles from different directors, you know, for different scenarios, it you know you get cohesiveness right with having yeah. the same style. And I think that's where, like, the last two seasons with him directing, you get that same style in every episode, and it's just, it's just very succinct. And but it's even, even just like the little, you know. Then you see Noho Hank call um, uh, Fuchs, and he's the Raven in the bathtub with his with his freaking AirPods in. Amazing, and he's just yeah. like taking a bath with like candles and. He's yeah. like, hello? You know, it's just like, it's just. So it's, off the wall. Yeah. This guy's like a killer, no heart trainer of killers. And he's just taking a bath like a normal person, like listening to music or podcasts or whatever. Um, so I don't know. It's just so, it's funny. But then, you know, no, Hank gets. It's very, and it's almost like, I think it was a little longer than 30 minutes, but yeah, they didn't blow out like a whole hour and a half for a finale. No. They kept it short and to its like ideals. And, you know, Barry's on his way with his weapons to go probably try to kill everybody to get his son back and, and oh, Sally. Yeah. And <laughs> Fuchs shows up with his crew and you know they yeah, show yeah. they have Sally, and he's like, "Get the boy." And yeah. and think when Fuchs like that he has a boy, like you can tell the way he acts, like he doesn't want to harm a a, a child, right? Yeah. So like, and I think he sees this as we know that he, I guess we assume that he maybe killed Barry's father or whatever. But Fuchs takes over Barry as a boy for whatever reason. We learned that this season. Yep. And. So I think he sees that, like, I'm not going to harm this child, but, like, they have this standoff of Noho Hank's <laughs> business. And he, I like, it's in the oh, headquarters, not at some warehouse. 
It's at the headquarters with <laughs> like this golden statue. Like, yeah, and he's like basically like New Deal, you know. You like killed Crystal Ball and admit it. He goes through. He's like picking at Noho Hank, and it's just Hank breaks down, and, and then like fucking Fuchs is like. <laughs> like kills noho yep and everybody shoots each other and then you well, on the second watch i you know in the first watch you see fuchs on top of the boy yep and well you don't like you see them get up or whatever and everybody else is basically dead uh, or the people are alive, and then someone in the crew throws the grenade and kills the other three. That yeah, was hilarious. Alive. I couldn't stop laughing. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it's Fuchs covering the boy. Yep. And he I didn't notice that. Yeah. I didn't, second watch, I notice and like immediately, after, like when it's about after he shot Noho and everything, but he goes and jumps on top of the boy while everybody else shoots each other. Yep. So, you know, he's protecting the kid because he doesn't want to have the kid hurt and give it back to Barry. And then they go outside and Barry's out there and, you know, it's just subtle. There's no explanation. John goes running out and Fuchs just, they kind of nod at each other and he runs back inside. Yeah. And so we know, we know Barry knows that Sally had talked to, um, Cousineau. So he thinks that, um, or they go to the, they go to the hotel. Yeah, Barry's like, Barry's, we're getting the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll run. And she's like, you need to turn yourself in. Yeah. And he's like, huh? Like he's like, I have but my I'm, family, but I'm redeemed. Here. I did, I did. Yeah. yeah, I did all of that stuff. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she realized. Yeah, so he she wakes up and they're gone. Um, and so he thinks he went to Kusno and. Kusno looks like he's about to shoot himself with a gun because he's been accused now of Janice Moss's murder. And... Yeah, Jim and the district attorney, yeah, Janice's dad, like, hold a press conference and publicly, publicly condemn Kusino yeah. as, like, setting everything up for, like, Janice's death and how he's in with the Chechens and how he, like, manipulated Barry. <laughs> he's like, my life is over. And I like how his... Um, his agent is like, "It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go yeah. get some food. I'll be back." Yeah. And he's like, "Got his suitcase. I'm, I'm here with you. <laughs> he's got a suitcase. He's taking off." Classic Hollywood. Classic, like, he, "Oh, your he, shit's going down. I'm out of here." He opens the door and buries. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, it's great because it's just like he goes in. He's like, um." John, uh, he starts Kusino, John, what's his wife? Sarah? No, what is it? Uh, Sally. Sally. Yeah. Uh, you know, he thinks they're there and he's like, they're not here. There's no kid here. And he sits down and he's like, call the cops. Like, I need to turn myself in. And yeah, all of a sudden, like, you're a gunshot. He's like, Barry, turn yourself in. Like, you, like, yeah. Kusino's going down for something he didn't do. Blah, 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 blah. And like, you start to see like Barry starts to like, turn and understand that he does have to turn himself in this is his right this is his punishment and like uh, gene was in the bedroom with the ripped torn gun that he gave him yeah which i love that callback that's hilarious yeah and then 
Barry gets like shot in the shoulder, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's well, you hear the gunshot at first and you're yeah. like, Oh, did Kusno shoot himself in the room? Yeah. And then it's like you see him get shot right here, and he's like, I forget what he says, is like He's like he's like, Oh wow. <laughs> oh wow. And then all of a sudden boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fade to black. Great little jump. Yeah. And then you think it's the end of the show, which would have been a great ending. Would have been totally fine with that. Yes. Yeah. But then they they added on, which also was a great ending. And you cut forward to see um, Sally, like, teaching middle school drama. Yeah, I think it, I think it was high middle school, school, middle school. Yeah. Um, and then John in the audience. And, you know, Sally's still very sociopathic, oblivious to things, gets asked out by an, a new good-looking teacher. It's like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, uh, John wants to go stay the night at a friend's, and she says, okay. And then she leaves, and you're like, He's like, ready to do this? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Are they going to go, like, you know, do something bad? Go murder that guy that asked out his te- his mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like how they, like, she still has, like, no maternal, like, instincts. Yeah. Because, like, John was like, I love you. And she was like, see you later. And, like, got in the car. And that was it. And it was just like, oh, she yeah. still is fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's just all about herself. herself. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah. so they go to John's hanging out with his buddy. Yeah. He puts this movie called The Mask Collector. <laughs> and <laughs> just. It Barry's getting off the bus, going to see Kusno. And like. He yeah, gets on the bus Kusno. right at the acting theater and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like. Like, Barry goes in the office, like. He's with the, like, no, Hank is like a buffed up bald guy, you know, like, I think as a, I'm assuming it's not Hank, but like one of the Chechnyans in the yeah. office was like, like a ripped muscular bald guy. And, yeah. um, and then you find like the story goes where instead of Barry killing Moss, like Barry shows up and Moss is dead. And, uh, Kusna did like, you can't tell anybody, Barry, like it's I took you theater. in. Yeah. They're up on stage and they're having this like great monologue fight. Yeah. 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 And it's just like it helps them and then I- I'm blanking on what leading up and at the end it's it's just like Gene Cousineau is serving a life sentence for the murder of, <laughs> murder of Janice Moss. Barry Berkman is is uh honorable like rest in Arlington like, National Cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> it's just brilliant because it totally oh. takes the entire story of what happened and makes a completely different story out of it. Like it's so putting good. Kusanao as the the mastermind of this when he was just an acting coach getting caught up in all because he took money from Barry. Yeah, his but, ego just wrote a check he could have cash and I, I do love like the whole metaphor of like Hollywood taking a story and not knowing jack shit about what actually happened yeah and, like reframing it to like a theatrical like story like th- we we know that Barry 
never went down like the mass collector but they're like all right so there was this bald chechen guy right but but yeah. but, but he's not skinny and doesn't wear nice suits he's this like really muscular guy and like they just twist everything just to make it fit like societal norms it's so yeah. good yeah how they just like slapped that in the face it was so funny but yeah barry being buried at arlington in full military honors i think i texted you like i couldn't stop laughing it was so funny like yeah. Who's an house fuck? He got, and like, yeah, and his son's watching and it starts crying at the end of the movie. And it's like, oh, that kid is going to be a fucking serial killer. Well, and the interesting thing is, like, and, and that's how it ends. And I'm like, is he crying because he knows that's not the truth? Or, or does he think that's the truth because Sally, because his dad told him he was like, he had all these medals or, Vietnam and all that, you know, or not Vietnam, but like, right. yeah, he yeah. was, yeah, Afghanistan. he was a soldier and killed people as a soldier. And Sally's like, no, he's a murderer, like, and I kill people. But <clears throat> does he believe his mom? Like, Barry was the engaged father versus what Sally was, right? So what Sally is. So he may be crying because he doesn't know the truth. And to him, maybe that's the truth that he will remember. I think that's I think that's I, that's where I was going mentally with it is like the kid's crying because he's so confused. He doesn't yeah. know what's true and what's real and he didn't know his parents real name. They're yeah. like 12 years or 8 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so like then you see this movie about how it like makes his father seem like this like heroic person, but in reality, let's say he remembers at 8 years old that like he was in the middle of a uh what was it Mexican standoff in the middle of a doho ball? Like Chechenian standoff. Yeah, Chechenian standoff. <laughs> like, yeah, like it, maybe he's just confused and frustrated that he like the truth isn't out there. I don't know. And that I, I think we both agree like John's gonna wind up killing somebody. Yeah. No, it made me think when you said Mexican standoff, um Kenny Powers and the second episode of East Bend is like finally motherfucker, Mexican standoff and fucking Mexico. <laughs> it's like <laughs> been waiting for this. Yeah, it's like Oh my god, that's great. What do you um? What do you think happened to Fuchs after all this? Like he walked back or ran back into the building. What do you think happened with that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you could almost have a spinoff of Fuchs because you know Barry's dad, Noho's dad. We know it's Sally and John, but uh, we know we don't know. Fuchs is the only one we don't know. I mean, I think, I think. He's a raven, right? Like, yeah. so people don't think he's real. You know, the cops, didn't, you know, I mean, the whole story with the raven, he's almost like, it's almost like he doesn't exist. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of the way they treated his exit is like, is he real? I mean, we know he's real because he's in prison, but, yeah, yeah. And, and, but it's almost like he's more of like, subconscious or i mean he's real but he's almost like him being real doesn't matter yeah 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 you know or what happens to him doesn't matter because he's just kind of like a guide in the story 
it's almost like the voice in Barry's head, right? He raised him. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's taught him all these things. And you, you could almost say like, maybe he's a split personality of Barry because Barry's crazy, but we know he's real to yeah. some degree, but he's really the voice in Barry's head of for the, for the first 30 years of Barry's life. Right. And then yeah, he's haunted yeah. by that. I think, because Jackie and I had this you know, discussion about, you know, this Fuchs, like he makes it out alive. Right. We assume he's been shot. But he makes it out alive. Uh, does he like become like, a good person like now that he like like save like does he change in any aspect and my answer was no like he's now like like redeemed in the fact that like he's cool with barry he saved barry's son he's still the raven he's still going to become the king of la in my opinion <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah. you don't come back from chopping three dudes head, four dudes heads off like <laughs> yeah i mean there's also a scenario where you see him run back inside and he cleans up everything and he takes over cristobal's empire i mean <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing there's a new statue next to crystal ball and a tank like holding his hand <laughs> and barry like sitting on a couch i don't know like, oh no it's just it's the same statue of crystal ball with his hands like this right yeah. and it's and it's yeah. and then it's a bronze portion of uh doha on the ground like holding his hand yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that's just added but in bronze so funny yeah because they don't think the raven exists so like yeah who is this guy and you know, he takes over and has a statue to commemorate the shootout that happened in the lobby. Yeah, so funny. Oh my god, dude. No, it's a great question because he just disappears into the night and we never see him again. Yeah, he's the only, only so. one really, really don't know what happens to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's such a good show. Like It was so good. Yeah. It was, it was the most true to story true to the character arc like full development whereas like secession and ted lasso kind of went like started to deviate to some degree and then this came back you know this this stuck well, to the thing like throughout the whole show had great hilarious comedy notes and we know he was on snl and he's around all these great comedic writers and stuff but the show kept the same tone throughout the entire series yeah and i think this so i think you know with lasso and with succession you kind of get a little repetitive loop in some regards so you oh you get a little hint of that in barry because he seems to but in the first two seasons he seems to be come out to come out unscathed but you know at the end of season three he gets like caught and thrown in jail so it's not like you know you think oh he doesn't suffer any consequences and even in the end he almost doesn't because um he dies but in reality like he still comes out scot-free yeah <laughs> you know? yeah he does yeah he comes but, out the hero yeah so um but yeah i think it's you know succession you kind of have the same it's still the the the, the people who are going to succeed just shift and yeah, you know, it goes it, from ultimately Rome in succession, to Jared, right? The can like, to Rome, this is can, and then at the end, Tom has it, right? But, yeah, it, ultimately, right? Succession was like none of them are going to win; they all won it. Yeah, and, yet not, and it's yeah. you know that, that kept a theme, but yeah. But I think in the end, I think Barry is a story of a guy who became a you know, it, it's kind of an allegory, kind of um, with the war. And kind of how uh, the Forever War book, right, for Vietnam. Yeah. And this is 
PTSD, coming home, being susceptible, or being like engaged in violence, and then yeah, he tries to change his life, but in the end, like he's still a killer, and he yeah. can't. The only way out for him is death. But he tries so hard. When he gets that second chance, they move out in the middle of nowhere and they move and trying to raise a family. But in the end, all it takes is for one person to see Kusnaus talking about the movie. And he's like, got to go to L.A. and kill him. You know, there's no like, we have this life, we're out in nowhere and no one knows us and yeah what but, do you care right you're you're onto a new life but not really like yeah yeah, yeah. so but it's just I, I don't know it's such a great show just letting old dogs lie man you, it winds up biting you yeah that's right yeah but any other thoughts on Barry? no man i'm sad yeah it's a good show ending so what was your favorite yeah. Barry moment in the series. That's a tough one to ask because if we, we are talking over like four seasons, it's hard to remember, but there were so many great comedic moments. So the first thing that pops into my head um is the Chad Kroger, the like the coffee shop. Uh yes. I forget the name of the but that episode. Uh Beignets uh, by Mitch. Yeah. Beignets by Mitch. Um just a genius of how they use people in the show and <laughs> like if you don't know Chad and JT going deep and like they go to city council meetings and for like or surfer bras and like just just that part and I think that same episode where he varies on the motorcycle yes. um, and that's one of the best episodes of TV where they just follow him on the motorcycle and then the guy shooting on the roof and I mean, there's just so many. I mean, even that is funny. Like, even just when Barry's like, "Oh wow!" Like when he gets shot, and yeah. then he's like, "Look, like smiling, looking at Kuzino, and he gets shot in the head." Like yeah. it's just, um, oh, and just everything with NoHo Hank. The the whole, I I would say the funniest thing is the Dave and Buster's, like, oh, amazing the, with their meeting and Dave and Buster's and. In this season, how the whole crew of um, they're like touring the house and they're like, ooh, uh, <laughs> like it's the side commentary, think, right? It's these throwaway conversations that never get yeah. written in movies or TV shows. That when they actually do, like, if you think about it, it could be hilarious. Like the whole Dave and Buster's thing, and even the raid on Dave and Buster's, how they think that's their headquarters, and they go in, it's like, yeah, there's like. Everybody's wearing a Raiders jersey except for one guy who's wearing a Texans jersey. Why the hell is or no an Oilers? Oh, Oilers. Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just these these conversations that never happen because we're all caught up in the dialogue of shit that doesn't matter. That could be hilarious. Like the guy yeah. trying to sell the minivan, explaining how the the front seat is so comfortable because he cheated on his wife and now he's sleeping in the minivan, and then that leads to like him shooting the guy on top of the dealership with a shotgun. Yeah, throwaway conversations are hilarious. Yeah. No, and that's and that's what it is. It's just almost like unintentional comedy, and it's yeah. just something like where they're like, "Oh, this would be funny," and then other shows would be like, "Ah, oh, well, let's cut it out for time, or let's do something more substantial." And yeah. it's like, 
but it's just it, it, just the little things like that that are yep that are yeah. funny or even even just like even just you know Barry like you know Moss leaving this stuff for Barry to get out um yeah of uh, the house once he's convinced Kusino is in charge of it and then he just he like cuts his hand and then he's like oh shit and then he just like passes out he gets yeah. all the blood yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like just just stuff he like in most shows he would just cut his way out and he'd go charging out of the house but this yeah. he's like cuts the way out he cuts his hand and he's like washing it or putting water in it he's like oh yeah <laughs> it's just like it's, it's you know big tv shows and movies you know everything is from the protagonist view right so it's all about like them in the moment they're 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 stressed out they're they're freaking out they're trying to make their way like imagine that motorcycle scene where he like crashes and like runs into the dealership most movies would be from his perspective where he crashes and you see him like running and it'd be like a like a pov yeah. cam and then he's like runs inside but instead it's like no 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 imagine that from a from somebody who doesn't matter just yeah. like it could be you at a dealership one day and that shit actually happens. That's the kind yeah. of like cinematic thing and like narrative that they brought to the show is not all of it is from their perspective. Just imagine yeah. you're some random schmuck in a beignet's place and like yeah. these guys are telling you their life story. Like it's so funny. Yeah, and that's and the just genius how, of it. And and Cristobal's idea to just like uh start a sand company and go legit yeah. and yeah. It, and then Hank ends up getting rich off of that. You know, he kills like basically we're criminals, and then he's a legit yeah. fan person. And it's, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's just, just normal life circumstances. That you're the funny. waitress at David Buster's, and you got a group of like twelve guys. Like, it's hilarious to think that way. <laughs> yeah, I'll miss it. I got to do a rewatch and. Because yeah. I completely forgot almost the first couple of seasons. Just because oh yeah, it's hard to remember those. Yeah, the, the last two were so good, but yeah, no, Barry was good. I mean that that was episode eight, right? The series finale. It's done. We know they're not going to bring anything back for that. Uh, the episode was titled "Wow," which I think it was "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> After Barry you know, getting shot in the shoulder, oh wow! Like, yeah. I think we both predicted he was going to die. I yeah. think that was. I think we kind of sensed that was how it would end. I I, so. I do like how they did the movie, The Mask Collector at the end, because I think we joked about if Barry lived, he would star as himself in his own biopic <laughs> opposite of uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they still kind of picked up some scraps of, you know, the things we were thinking of. So, so that was great, but going to miss the show. I mean, it was four years of just great dark humor. So, yeah. HBO's got a big block, and let's hope they're bringing some some big time stuff uh, over the next couple of years. Because now I don't know what we're gonna do with this stuff being over. So yeah, they got to get something good on Sunday night again. And there were yep. three shows in a row I watched on Sunday in the this in the fall or in the springtime. So yep, we got some big shoes to fill, big time. Yeah, cool, man. Any other thoughts? No, that's it. We talked a lot about Lasso and Ted and Ted Barry. And Ted Barry. <laughs> yeah. Barry Lasso and Ted Bundy. That's so. right. Yeah, Ted Bundy's close. Yeah. Ted Berkman, Barry Lasso. <laughs> well, yeah. What was the name? What was his okay. real name? Uh, he gave Kusnow oh, a Barry different Block. name, right? Barry Block. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they didn't use it after the first like season or two, right? It became 
Yeah, that was his stage name was Barry Block. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blockman or Block, one of those. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah, God, but. Yeah, appreciate everybody for kicking it with us this week. You know, we talked about Ted Lasso ending and, and Barry ending. And last, you know, the last episode, we talked about succession ending. So there's going to be some new shows on the horizon. We're going to probably talk about Silo, uh, you know, this next episode, as well as Jury Duty. Chuck's going to get caught up on that. Uh, you know, we'll, we're going to have to find some uh, some non-mainstream items to watch. So I think it'll be good. But uh, be sure to check us out, all the podcast platforms. Check out our website, kickingitmedia.com. Uh, we'll throw some blog posts up there, throw some polls on Instagram at Can We Kick a Pod. You know, uh, be sure to check in next week. And uh, as Chuck likes to always say, Mahalo. Mahalo.